0: Welcome to the No Breaking Podcast. My name's Kyle Hyatt, here in his own dining room, in the comfort of his own home. James McKeon. Yeah,
1: there it is. love it. Everybody loves it. That's why people come to the podcast. They don't want to hear me. Well, some people do, Kyle. I've seen rumors. I've even read reviews saying, why is Kyle not speaking more? That's true. Yeah, that has never been said in the world,
0: ever. Um, Anyway, we're pretty stoked. We are here with... Noted Ferrari restorer, enthusiast, man about town, raconteur, raconteur, <laughs> Donny Calloway. Hello, Welcome. thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. Thanks for making the trip on a Thursday evening. Yes, yes I wear my favorite shirt. Excellent. Just for this continuity is important. <laughs> uh, awesome. Well, uh, yeah. So I guess let's let's start at the beginning
1: because I find that is a wise place to start, rather than the end, because then it'll be really short podcast so we may as well start at the beginning so we've got a bit of traction to go through there there you go
0: yeah so how did you get into the world of ferraris because obviously you know people think ferrari that's that's kind of some rarefied air ferraris in los angeles slightly more common but still you know not not for your everyday joe necessarily
2: let's see okay my dad i'll go back a little further (laughs) My grandfather had a factory in here in LA. beginning, was light. Yes. Um, headlights. My, uh, my grandfather had a factory here in Los Angeles, post-World War II, so it was at part of that big boom, and started making really good money. So my father, growing up, hits 18 years of age, and being obnoxious as they were, my grandfather takes him up to McAfee's place on Sunset, um, late 50s, no, early 60s, and walks him in for his 18th birthday and says, pick what you want. First thing he's looking at is a gullwing. Well, sure. And he's like, oh, right there, that's what I want. But he notices something a little red in the back, a little red sports car in the back. And he goes around the back and he's like, no, 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 no. This is what I want. $2,500 later, he drives out with... O oh, one oh two E um was a Barchetta mm-hmm. that was uh rebodied. There's even a story behind that. Rebodied for the movie The Racers with Kurt Douglas. Oh, okay. So that was his car. And not um, a bad
1: first car. Uh uh-uh. uh. No,
2: doesn't suck. <laughs> no. <laughs> Puts my
1: first car to shame, car How's it about you? <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much that's all you need to say. Yeah. So I grew up hearing these stories and, you know, my dad's a bit of a playboy, partier, as you could say, and 18 years old, Southern California, Los Angeles, up and down the coast, spoiled rotten brat in this little red Ferrari. And I got to hear about the girls and the beach boys, the music playing, everything. Mm -hmm. So... It sinks in. It's like, okay, wow, that's really you know my dad's proud moment. You know, sure becomes my wannabe moment. Mm-hmm. And then going through the years, my dad had Ferrari books laying around, and I had one Ferrari book, and I read it. Cover it, because it was like the first book I ever read. So you can see things are starting. Come to L.A. My parents separate. My dad goes to Hawaii. I come here to L.A. and growing up in this neighborhood. Or uh, Beverly Hills, West Los Angeles, mm-hmm. there are Ferraris everywhere, Turns every out. Fifth of car, <laughs> and at that time, there were more Ferraris in LA than anywhere else in the world, more than the factory, more than anywhere else in the world, Hollywood, LA had all the Ferraris.
0: Stands to reason.
2: Second, Absolutely. Southern California, and then the rest of the world combined. Sure. So seeing these things, being around them, um, riding my bicycles into the local shops, begging to, uh, to sweep their floors. If they'd give me a job, I'd work for free, you know, mm-hmm. and sucking up to all the real mechanics, finding out who the real mechanics were, etc. Um, just, you know, you, you see these cards, you touch them and they're soft and slick and those lines, and, you know, a teenage boy, that's it. Sure. It's on. <laughs> You're, I'm hooked. But um, then fast forward a bit, I end up on the big island of Oahu. Well, I go back and forth. My dad moves to Hawaii, and I go back and forth all the time growing up, Beverly Hills, L.A., um, Hawaii, and I end up going to the big island to live, and I find this little Dueto Alfa Romeo Dueto, five hundred mm-hmm. bucks, and and this is the dueto. It's a boat tail. Yep, like exactly. A graduate car, 19, basically. exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay, nineteen sixty six. Guy was driving around. I begged him, you know, sell me your car. What's up? And then one day I see him without his car. I'm like, where's the car? This is Kona on the Big Island, and he's like, oh, you know, my ex wife has it. The gear shift went out. She'd probably sell it. Here's her number go up there and it won't run but my friend is with me and he's a little bit mechanically inclined we open up the trunk and there's a condenser he's like we'll try this we put the condenser on it fires up and we drive away Mm -hmm. um so wanting to be mechanically inclined i read the owner's manual and it says run the engine to 1500 release the chain tensioner and then Tighten it back up to take out the slack in the sure. and the timing chain. <laughs> I swear to God, that it had to be lost in translation from English yeah. to Italian from Italian to yeah. English. It just it's it's so simple, it's,
1: it just is like that. I, everyone does it these days, right?
2: So I open it up and I'm thinking, the genius that I am, fifteen hundred. Well, twenty five hundred's got to be even better. Oh yeah, of course. Immediately, jump the chain and destroy my brand new toy. And do I walk away? No. Somebody says, you know, that car's going to be the ruin of you. When I heard that, that was it. That was a proverbial fire. Mm-hmm. I was going to show him and everybody else that I'm not going to give up or anything. Sure. <laughs> that was the beginning of my demise. To well, the, this fun- day. the funny thing too is is that that's a one of the few ways that I think you could really
0: kill one of those Alpha Twin Cam motors because they are. Like suspiciously well Strong. well yeah. built. You know, oh, yeah. I the mean, the car. I had yeah, them, just I had the, the had left
1: that. is just the frame, maybe, and that engine and the steering wheel, and then I mean, everything else disintegrates <clears> around you. But then, yeah.
0: no, the motor's aluminum. You're golden. Right? Yeah. yeah, my, my Alfa, that like that thing slowly returned to the earth, but the, it ran so well,
2: even with speaker injection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, good job. <laughs> so I'm I'm tasked now with this car. I'm slowly running out of money. I get a job on a fishing boat. Shrimping inner island of the Hawaiian Islands, and I'm saving my next to nothing money. I get enough money to buy my pistons, I get enough money to go back out to sea, get enough money to buy my gasket set, etc., etc. And I sit under an old chiave tree in Kona. I'm literally sleeping, I'm homeless. I'm sleeping in the four of a Boston whaler to get away from the mosquitoes. Mm -hmm. I can't even lay out, I have to crawl up, but I gotta shut those little louvered doors to keep the mosquitoes away. Sure. And I did this until I had built that engine. And I did, and I built it with a crescent wrench and a few other rudimentary tools, Mm -hmm. and I put it back together and it ran. And I'm like, okay, and I put it back inside the car using a rope hoist to put it back in. Safety
1: third, exactly. No,
2: No jack, no nothing. Who I, needs things like that? I, I literally, I dug a hole under the car so I could shimmy my body under. I mean, that's how they built it. Let's yeah. be honest, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to shimmy my body under to put the transmission in. And again, crescent wrench, quarter turn, eighth of a turn, quarter turn, eighth of a turn. Just torturous. I don't even, that's, that's the insanity mm-hmm. that was that was flowing through my veins. Mm-hmm. I had to have my car back. And someone said that would be the ruin of me. And that just, I'm going to prove the world wrong, hard-headed. And ship the car runs, paint it one day with a friend's, you know, sprayer and newspaper mask it off in the jungle, Mm -hmm. you know, picking mosquitoes out of the paint job later. Best way to do it in Hawaii. Yeah. (laughs) And then ship the car to California. And the engine job didn't last that long. It started running funny because I wasn't exactly a, a skilled mechanic at that point. Get a job? No, no. I take it to Santa Monica City College, take engine rebuilding class, and the guy says, "You know, we have we now send our stuff off to the machine shop, but they won't take your head or your engine stuff because it's an alpha. They don't do that." And I'm like, "Well, great. What am I going to do?" I said, "I don't know. It's up to you, kid." I reach out to um, Sperry Valve Works, and all they did at the time was port and polish and Alfa Romeo heads basic valve jobs and or full race competition port and polish sure. big valve everything alpha heads and i said hi you know i'm i'm taking a class and i'm kind of stuck i have the 1750 head i need to do um it's a different actually a different engine and he's like well sure this is the prices and everything Say wait a minute you're uh taking classes at santa Monica State college sure Uh, you want a job I'm like what huh okay (laughs) cool yeah I work at night so why don't you just come down to Torrance and and I'll teach you on your head how to do all this machine work and I'm like oh my god this is great learned how to uh, line bore cams learned how to port and polish he had a flow bench so I could do my work and actually see the results of the airflow of my of my porting and polish Learned how to put seats in, valve guides, valves, valve jobs, instant machine shop education. That's awesome. And then slightly through that, and I'm and I'm taking this class during the day, I'm going there working at night, and he's giving me a little bit of money, so I'm doing the you know, the starving student thing. Halfway through it, I'm thinking, you know, one kid is like, hey, everybody's kind of showing off. I got a job at um, the Public Works where I'm going to be working on all the diesels. And like uh like, that doesn't really sound like much fun. Another kid is like, <laughs> I'm the apprentice mechanic at the 76 station in Ooh, Westwood.
1: That's the one for me. That one's 76. And I'm thinking, mm-hmm.
2: wait a minute. What am I doing with my think, life? <laughs> funnily, I think that
0: place is still open and working on cars. Yeah,
2: no, I think it is too. And I'm starting to realize... And well, that
1: guy's we- still there. Yeah, <laughs> He's just still- killing it. <laughs> he's working his way up. He's junior mechanic now. <laughs> now not- he's
2: junior mechanic. So I'm realizing, coming to the conclusion, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? And it's like, oh, yeah, I remember now. I'm in love with Ferraris. So back on my old, old route when I was a kid on a bicycle, going to all these old, real mechanics, Luciano and Bruno, Salvatore, all these names, mm-hmm. all these famous L.A. Italian Ferrari mechanics, sports car mechanics. And they're like, no, we don't have anything. How are you doing? Oh, you're taking a class. That's great. Whatever. And it was Luciano, Luciano and Bruno, very famous mechanics here in L.A., said, you know, you're going about this wrong. I'm like, what do you mean? You know, I'm just starting out. He says, no, no, you need to go to the dealership. I'm like, no, they'll never hire me. I don't know what I'm doing. This is insane. It's like, exactly. I'm like, wait a minute. They look at me. They're going to train you. I'm like, oh, I get it now. Funny that. (laughs) Literally, from there, I literally go straight up to Hollywood Sports Cars, Hollywood Boulevard. Been there forever. Oldest Ferrari dealership west of the Mississippi. Famous. Very famous. I walk in, and I go up to the owner's son. I said, hi, you know, I'd like a job. And I'm taking a class and everything. And I had kind of known some of the other mechanics from trying to suck up to Ferrari mechanics at the time. Mm -hmm. They were my heroes. And he's like, well, you know, tell you what, why don't you come back in three months, three weeks on a Wednesday at three o'clock? Okay. You know, total blow off. Go away. Yeah. I come back literally 15 minutes early. I'm like, hi, I'm here. And he's like, what do you want? Who are you? Remember you told me like, oh yeah. Okay. Come back in one month, three weeks on a Friday at at two o'clock. I'll probably be at lunch. And they're like, oh, yes, sir, absolutely. I come back. And now some of the mechanics have seen me, and they kind of see what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. I come back, like he said, 15 minutes early, though. And I'm like, hi. And one of the mechanics is like, oh, hi, how are you, Kavork?" And he's watching, and he says, okay, come back. And this other mechanic slaps Chris on the shoulder and says, just give the cup kid the job already <laughs> he's like all right you start tomorrow I'm like oh my god I can't believe it. but you're starting at Jaguar I'm like oh sure okay whatever all right I go I come back the next day and I'm all excited and they say okay you're gonna be working with this guy on the loob rack. Jaguars brand new Jaguars they're gorgeous series three 1984 and they uh, he's like okay, I'm I'm ready. What do you want me to do? Okay. This is your first day. Great. See that chair over there? I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Great. Okay. Go get the chair. I'm like, yes, sir. Right away. I go get the chair. He's like, I got the chair. Cool. Put it right there, right in front of the car when it's up on the rack. I'm like, yep. Okay. Right here. It's like, good. This is where you want it? It's like, yes, it is. Now sit down and shut up. <laughs> I'm like, huh? He's like, don't say a word, just sit there and watch. And I'm like, Okay. <laughs> uh, fast forward, now comes the fun stuff. So I'm an apprentice at Jaguar, going to Jaguar class, etc. waiting for my opportunity to jump over to Ferrari. But they had a service. Mm-hmm. Their service was that they had free pickup and delivery. You have your car service. They'll come pick it up, and they'll bring it back cleaned and detailed. So I realized this. Excuse me. So I got there early, every day. And I would look on the board and it's like Blake Edwards Ferrari in Malibu right here. I'm taking it. That's mine. And they take you out there and they drop you off and you pick up the car and everyone comes back Mm -hmm. and vice versa. You drop off the cars and you wait to get picked up. And I'd always pick the Ferraris that were the farthest away. Of course. Clever that. Yeah. And I'm 21 years old. Driving the hell out of I can say this now. The statute <laughs> that, of limitations yeah, is passed. But close. purely
1: for, for obvious podcast sake, driving the hell out of them to the speed limit. Yes. And definitely not exceeding that at any way, shape, or form. And oh, staying, no. And stopping three seconds at every stop sign that you came to.
2: Absolutely. What stop sign? <laughs> <laughs> but, and that was such a rush. I, I would always bring another T-shirt or something. So as soon as I get in the car, I take off the uniform and be like, yeah, this is mine. <laughs> and it got to the point where I started driving five or six of these a day, go to work. And then I finally got an opportunity to go over to the Ferrari side. And I did that. And again, all day long. But I out—I actually outran a motorcycle cop on Mulholland <laughs> in a brand new 308. <laughs> I was coming around one turn. I come around a turn, and here are these gardeners, and they're like, yeah. And as I'm going, I'm looking at them, and I drop it into third. I'm like, I'm going to show off. I'm going to take this sweeping turn as fast and as loud as I can. And as I'm not looking at them anymore, I start to look back at the road. Here is a motorcycle cop off of his bike running for his bike. And at that moment, it's like, I have the jump on him. (laughs) I can either pull over right now. Or I can just hit it. And just go exactly the speed limit out of there, correct? No, no, no. <laughs> so as I'm burning out in this turn, I'm looking in my rearview mirror because now I'm making the other turn and I'm looking at him mm-hmm. behind me. Not only has he reached his bike, but he is falling over it. The bike <laughs> has dumped and I'm like, oh, he's going to shoot me. I have to get out of here as quick as possible. Now, mind you, all these months ahead of time, I've been driving on every one of these little back roads in the Hollywood Hills. I know every single road in these Ferraris, Mm -hmm. these 308s. So I know all the secret spots, and I am just driving for my life to get back to the shop. I get to the shop brakes are smoking i turn off the car i jump out of the car and i run through the shop And they're all hey I'm like i gotta go to the bathroom and i run upstairs <laughs> and i know there's a little crack where you can see down into the shop from from one of the stalls and i'm sitting in there and sure enough here comes the cop my god he actually knows where i went and he's yelling where is this guy and they all look at each other what guy don't screw with me i know he's here where is he? I'll sit right here all day until he comes in. He's in big trouble, and he they're like, okay, whatever. And they go back to work, and they're like, kind of laughing. Mm-hmm. And he gets a call and disappears. And it's like, oh my god! I come down, and they all applaud. Me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and and then everybody got free beers for the next week, of course, at least. Yeah,
2: no. <laughs> but um, yeah, that started it, and then from there. I ended up having my own little businesses, flowers. I exported flowers out of Hawaii for years. Did very well at that. Um, did some other fun stuff. You know, I came from entrepreneurs and artists, so I always had, you know, not a normal life. Don't get a job. I would ever get a job? Mm-hmm. And um, whenever I was ever in trouble as one in their 20s, mm-hmm. a, a vagabond in their 20s, does, I could always hustle a Ferrari. Mm -hmm. Hey, mister, I work on Ferraris or who does your work or, you know, stuff like that. And I'd actually, you know, make a couple of bucks doing a clutch job or something. And, um, I get kind of tired of doing flowers in Hawaii. You know, there's a big car collection in Hawaii. So I figure out a way to get in touch with this guy because I don't know exactly where he lives and I don't even know his name, but I know there's a big Ferrari collection. So I think, okay, I know what to do. I'll put an ad in the local classified of the of the main paper, the main one newspaper of Oahu, and the ad will be um either wanted, I think it was wanted, wanted lotus. We'll pay any money. Sure enough, literally, within hours, the guy calls. <laughs> you know, you want a lotus? I'm like, sure. Well, I'm kind of thinking about getting one. What do you have? He's like, well, I have a bunch of fries. I'm out on the North Shore. And it's like, I got him. It worked. It worked immediately. And he was the one and only <laughs> call, too. Never met the guy. Wander out to his house. And it is. F40. Testarossa. California. All this stuff. And then he's got all these cars in Los Angeles, too. Boxers. Uh, Alfa Romeo Montreal. SP250 Dart Daimler. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can go on and on. <laughs> and... So he's, you know, you do mechanics. I'm like, yeah, well, there's nobody on, nobody in Hawaii that'll do this crazy stuff right here. So he gives me his entire collection. It takes me about four years to go through and restore every single car. Now, I have full access to this collection. So I would go in, grab a car, bring it out to my uncle's ranch where I had a house and a shop, and do the servicing, et cetera. Oil change or whatever. So for as long as until I got tired of it, I'd have a Testarossa for my daily driver. Sure. In Hawaii. Which isn't a
1: bad thing to have for at least uh-uh. a daily driver. Could be worse.
2: Yeah. Um, the one car that I really loved that was kind of my keeper was a uh, 72 T2 Bentley. Mm. Sand and Sable. That was like my everyday daily driver. I say, here, we need you to drive this because we don't have room in the garage anymore. Take it. And then uh, he had the F40 that was one of the first 200. And he kind of got screwed on that deal because Ferrari had promised everybody, we're only going to make 200 of these. You're the first (laughs) round of special clients. (laughs) Ferrari was kind of figuring out what they were doing. Now they've got it on lock. Oh, yeah. So they were doing their special client thing because they were becoming recognized from Magnum and uh, Miami Vice. Mm -hmm. So their sales, they were actually becoming a, a... a force to be dealt with more than ever. And so they get screwed, and he ends up with this car, and then now he can't dump. He's stuck with it, and he paid top dollar for it back then, like 600000 or something. Mm-hmm. So I eventually get around to that car. Like, you know, this thing has sat for too long, and it's going to be worthless. You are in Hawaii. This thing has to be driven. I don't have time to drive this. Don't tell me to drive this because I can't drive it. Why don't you drive it? I'm like, yes. <laughs>
1: All right, but I'm going to charge you extra. This is going to cost you a lot of money, realize yeah. this is a lot of extra overtime that
2: goes mm-hmm. into driving ready, this I'm car. I'm going to need
0: combat pay for this.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Hazard time. Um, that was a beautiful experience, mm-hmm. driving that car. And then um, he had another car I really fell in love with. This is the Hawaii part of it. Was He had an Alfa Romeo Montreal. And that thing was on its last breath. And I took that car down all the way to its crank. I totally tore apart the engine. I fell madly in love with that car.
0: It's a great car.
2: That car is amazing in every aspect. And I still don't know why they're not one of the top supercars ever. Because if you have one and you know how to drive it and you drive it, it's amazing.
0: They sound so good. Yeah.
2: And taking turns with that throttle, mm-hmm. it's, it's, I've never felt anything like it. The only mm-hmm. thing close enough to it is like an old 50s vet with some crazy pause attraction with a, with a 327 or something. Um, yeah, one night took a, uh, it took a little bit too much acid, and it was a rainy night. And just driving through the center of the island at speed, and I will never forget, the rooster tail coming off of the back <laughs> of that car was one of the most amazing things I've ever experienced. Especially on acid, I guess. Yes. It also
1: making this certainly heighten that uh, sensation, uh-huh. one might say.
2: That was beautiful. Excellent. But, um, yeah, fast forwarding into more modern times, I mean, there's lots of endless stories. The California Ferrari was here in, uh, in L.A. I got to do a lot of work on that and drive that because he was in Hawaii. So I just had... Access to everything, fell madly in love with boxers. Mm-hmm. Boxers are still my favorite. I've done over a dozen of them. I'm doing two right now. They never. Correct me if I'm wrong, but they never actually sold imported the was it the five twelve
0: bbi whatever. They never None of imported them. those to uh-uh. the U.S. Yeah, those are with the very yeah, pretty. Those are so good.
2: Oof, so good. I mean, I don't know how much time we have, but there's there's a boxer I'm working on now that is of Los Angeles legend. Mm. But um,
1: Tell us more, Donnie. Tell okay. us more. I'll get, I'll get we'll twist the, your arm.
2: I'll get into the black box. We don't have to worry about running out of tape. <laughs> so you're familiar with The Gong Show. Yes. Now, you know all of his shows and what have you. Yeah. What was his name? Sid Barris? Yep. Yeah. A- they made um, the movie about him with um, Sam right. Rockwell. Exactly. So imagine, if you will, since you're familiar with the, with the backstory of the situation, he has a producer-director. Now, he just picked him out of, like, bumped into him at some coffee shop somewhere. Mm-hmm. You want a job? I got you a job. You start today. So this producer-director guy wanders in. He has a little bit of film background or television background. And he becomes Barris's guy. Now, imagine the amounts of money these guys are making. Oh, yeah. So. It's at least tens of, 20s of dollars, at least. Oh. And s- back then, mm-hmm. that was that throwaway crazy money. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> and there was lots of it. So he's doing very well. The Gong Show is doing very well, as well as the other shows. So he goes to Hollywood Sports Cars a little before I showed up, 1978, 79. And he walks in, and his name's Tommy. Tommy walks in and says, I want your fastest car. What's your fastest car? Money's no object. Well, we have to import it, but we'll order it for you. What would you like? I'd like a triple black of whatever that thing is. Mm -hmm. 512 BB Mm -hmm. carbureted. Sure enough, however long he had to wait back then, which wasn't as long as you have to wait today, the boxer shows up. Now, the boxer shows up. And he drives it for about a month or so. This is the fastest production motor car in the world. Mm-hmm. Nothing can touch a boxer nothing it was That was it. This was the car um late seventies early eighties. So he drives it for about a month and he takes it back to them and says, "Can you make it go faster <laughs> and they're, and they and I know these cats, so I know how they must have acted to him, reacted to him. Um, it's already the fastest car in the world. How fast do you actually want to go? It's like I don't care. Money is not an object. An object. I keep making this money. I got to get rid of I've this got, money. I've
1: got so much money. Look, do you want to see my money? Look, take it. Take my money. Take it now.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. It's like
0: the uh, I can't get rid of these cards, guy. Yeah. yeah.
2: So they. Uh, it turns out that they. They reach out to the factory. They get factory race pistons and they get factory cams, hmm. <laughs> and it's like we can actually we can do this. But you got to know this is this is a Le Mans level machine now. You have to be very careful with this thing. So he also got the rims, oh, sure. the Comp rims, mm-hmm. which are from ten to like twelve inches, eleven inches. So he takes the rear rims and puts them on the front and gets these crazy big fat. Back rims for this boxer Ferrari. They do the job, and now this thing is insane. <laughs> He's taking it up on Mulholland, and some of the cats that, like me, were working at the Ferrari places or know who, who the who's, the kids, um, this car started to become famous. Like he would just give it to the detailer guy and say, You know, I haven't driven it for a while. Why don't you run it out to Palm Springs and back? And so he runs around the corner and grabs his friend, and they rip this car out to Palm Springs. Back then, that was a road. Yeah. Now you couldn't do anything, no, no matter what hour you go to Palm Springs. And they're like, we would... And the legends, the stories are that even dropping it into Fifth, it would throw you back in your seat. <laughs> the ins- And the whole thing is Tommy's car, Tommy's car. So growing up, I... You know, I'd heard the stories, too. And this was like, oh, this is that boxer. It became something somewhat of a legend. It goes up on Mulholland for the races. Sure. Nobody could touch it. It would just run through and everyone would just, like, parting of the Red Sea and leave him alone. And he'd rip through. Now, he, uh, well, Hollywood discovers cocaine. Sure. in And it's plenty. And he got faster. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> fast. <laughs> well, it actually I didn't get driven that much after that. So the degeneration of that lifestyle starts to occur. Mm -hmm. Now boxers have their own element because they're of that period Mm -hmm. and that coincides with that other part of that lifestyle, the rich, you know, the flamboyancy, the studio 54, the whole aspect of it starts to happen. So a lot of these boxers have weird stories connected to him just because now he, uh, it's really getting bad. I think the gong show is at its end by this point, and things are starting to slow down a little, but not the use. Yeah. Not the drug use, not the blow. And one drunken night, the girlfriend who had just wrecked her brand new Mustang he bought her mm-hmm. is like, We're out of wine. I need to go get more wine. I need to get that wine quickly. Yeah. yeah. I need, well, I don't have a key. And he throws the keys to her. Take the Ferrari. She, uh, she takes it, and being slightly hammered, takes some crazy turn and hits the side of the mountain and rips the car basically in half. Wow. The transaxle, the wheel, the suspension tears off of the car, taking half of the transmission with it. I mean, I have the pieces of this, but I'll <laughs> get to that in a minute. So... Now he still has money, and he takes it to these shops he 's like, "Money is no objects. I want my car back and they start to fix it, and as shops take their time, sure, he starts to run out of money because the money is going to something else at this point yes, and so there 's a slow spiraling down of the car, and the car kind of disappears and fades into legend, and then it 's like, "Hey, what happened to the car? oh, it 's gone. you know he destroyed it, and everyone got to hear about the wreck um I come across and I'm wandering through some shop down in Long Beach area and I'm way in the very back. This place is bumper-to-bumper old Ferraris mm-hmm. with covers and boxes and junk on them. Sounds what like a
0: of, place I need to be spending my
2: time. Yeah, a lot of time. Yeah, oh, clear. it's still there and it's still bumper-to-bumper cars. Oh, man. They, they call this place the place where Ferraris go to die. Okay. And it's literally California's, Daytona's, everything is there. All your dream cars are there, dusting away. So I got to know what's in the very back of this building, 6,000-square-foot building, and I got to know what's in that back corner. So I'm crawling. I'm sliding down hoods of Daytonas and what have you and shimmying between Lusos. You're just
1: cleaning them at this point, basically. That's all you're doing. You're cleaning them. Literally. Polishing and cleaning them. Oh, look, I didn't know this was
2: (laughs) a red car. So I get to the very back of this thing, this Hulk, and I I knock the boxes off, and I lift up the cover, and there's the corner of the tail of a black boxer. I'm like oh my God, it's a boxer. This is great. I say, Hey, what are you doing with this? And he's like, no, you know, the client wants me to fix that. Oh yeah, sure. Like everything else. Best of luck. Reach out to a friend. Hey, you know, so-and-so has this black boxer. It's like, oh yeah, that's Tommy's car. I'm like, what? That's the car. Yeah. That's Tommy's car. You want to work on it? Sure. Nothing comes of it. A few more years go by. I'm building a boxer at the moment for one client. Um, and another client who has a Bizzarini and has all this other, this other beautiful collection I'm working on and maintaining says, you're working on a boxer. I'm like, yeah. You want to work on another? I'm like, yes, I do. Well, we got to go and look at this car. Well, it's actually in pieces. The engine's <laughs> out of it. And I got to know everything's there before I do the deal. And the guy's a friend of mine. And our kids were best friends, whatever. Um, you got any time to get in the car. I'm just looking at him like, get in the car, let's go, right now. Yeah, sure, let's go. We go down, and sure enough, the body is in one place, and the engine and everything is somewhere else. The body is back at this guy's house. I have no idea. I'm looking through this stuff, and I'm looking going, you know, there's three transmissions here. And I'm like, this is a lot of money. <laughs> And I'm looking at the engine; and it's sturdy and filthy. I'm like, everything has to be gone through. And I'm poking around, and I'm listening to these guys telling the story at the same time. And as they're talking, I'm starting to realize, and all of a sudden it dawns on me: Oh, this is Tommy's car! Oh my God! And I get up, and I look at him, and I'm like, "We gotta go. Um, we'll get back to you." And we walk out to the alley, and I said, "The cams and the pistons are worth more than the whole car. Yeah, you gotta get this car." And he's like. Oh, okay, cool. Go and I meet Tommy and I hear the whole story from Tommy himself. And I now have that car. And I'm going through the restoration on it. And it is going to be mind-blowing. This is a 200-mile-an-hour carbureted boxer (laughs) that is in my hands. I've already built the engine. I already did all the machine work. And this thing is amazing. Amazing it's going to be absolutely mind-blowing and, and as soon as people started to find out that i had the car the old crowd oh yeah they're like you've got tommy's car mm-hmm. and then all the stories started coming out stories i'd never heard about oh i love that stuff and this is like and the only thing i can equate it to is that speed racers remember when pops made that special ghost engine or that that um You know the one I'm talking about, that episode where you couldn't use the engine because everyone died with this Mm -hmm. engine. I'm like, ah, this is like that Speed Racer's episode. (laughs) So there's that story. I can't wait to finish that. That's going to be mind-blowing.
1: When are you expected to finish it then? What's the timeline on it now?
2: So it's painted. Since you are
1: a very, very busy man with many, many cars. Yes.
2: The painter finished it, did a gorgeous job. I used Tony Castellano. He paints all the Mm -hmm. cars of the Peterson and the other real heavy hitters. Um, wins at Pebble Beach every year with his Rolls-Royce paint jobs. Um, The car is gorgeous, absolutely drop-dead gorgeous. And now the guy is like kind of waffling on finishing it. And I'm like, well, I don't really have the room. Take it back to your warehouse. So it's sitting there, and I've just started to talk to him again, saying, hey, you know, we need this glass, we need this. So... I'm keep, I've kept it afloat and I'm resurrecting it like within the past six months. Sure. I went to sleep for a minute. So no, that's coming back, but I'm also about to finish another carbureted boxer. That's going to be fun.
0: So, so how is like, obviously parts availability for old Italian cars is kind of, you know, a joke industry wide, but now that like Ferrari classiche is a thing, like, is that any better any easier? Or is it still just like, I got to call the oldest guy I know with the dustiest garage and hope he's got something.
2: That's, that's a very interesting... That's such a juxtaposition on what's really going on. So let's say a certain part, whatever that part is, you look on eBay, like that's my only outlet to maybe hopefully find a part. Sure. And there's two or three of them, and they want $800, $1,800 for this thing. Well, I've gotten very lucky. I've gone to Marinello a few times, and I know a few people. I'm getting my stuff directly from the factory. Mm-hmm. That 800 or $1,800 item is either $80 or $100 to me and when I start first started buying from this friend out there I'd give him a list 100 items and I'd get back two items like um okay (laughs) send him another list get back four items within a couple of months I'm actually getting my whole order fulfilled I'm like yes so I gotta keep this going so I start buying and buying and buying Because I know all... I'm going through the parts books and the numbers. and I'm ordering all this stuff. Obscure things. Obscure hardware.
0: Sure. All the stuff you know isn't going to be available later.
2: You're probably going to need it at some point. Well, especially the hardware. Because when you do a real Ferrari restoration, you don't just grab metric hardware. Sure. It has to be the stuff that came off the car from the factory. Mm -hmm. Lobo, SBC. Those are the manufacturers of the bolts and hardware. Excuse me. So... I'm a fiend. I go through these catalogs and it's like, okay, here's the part number for that bolt for this application on a 308 or a boxer. And the book says it takes eight of them. Well, I'm doing two boxers, so I need 30 of these. And it is the exact replacement part per part number that came off the car. So instead of taking, which I used to do, the old hardware and having it tumbled and sandblasted and then recad plated to the color that was originally, Mm -hmm. I'm getting this stuff new out of the bag, new old stock. Hmm. It is an absolute godsend for real restorations. Nuts, bolts, washers. But um, the funny thing is, is so I'll find some quirky little part, you know, a bumper on a gas filler or something. Sure. Like, okay, I want 100 of those. And they'll send me eight of them with a note, no longer available. And all these weird quirky little parts, knobs, switches, sure. whatever. I'm getting 10 out of the 50 I've ordered, and it says right after it, no longer available. Yeah. I'm getting the last that is still in the boxes on the shelf.
0: And that's I'm the stuff. I'm sucking all this stuff oh, yeah. up. Well, that, and that's the stuff that kills. Like, like that gets so expensive for oh, restoration. Yeah. Like, you, you know, like pistons, crankshafts, that kind of stuff. They, those are generally available. Or if they're not available, they're, you can recondition things. Like, sure. But, but all the weird little trim pieces, mm-hmm. it's a One nightmare. million dollars for yeah. every piece. No. Yeah, yeah. No, the, like I have I have mismatched wing window knobs on my Mercedes and it drives you insane,
1: cow. It's Kyle. the
0: bane of my goddamn existence. And like I exactly. got to find the right ones. And no, I don't literally. know which one's the
2: right one. It's crazy. Like but it's all that stuff. It's yeah. So that's amazing. I I just did a what restoration a on my 308 GTB and which is a ant- lovely car, by and, the way. Oh, it was the, it was the the white one? Yes. Yeah.
0: yeah, that is a beautiful car.
2: Oh, thank you. In anticipation, it's like, okay, I need this. Okay, I need that. Okay, I need this. I need that. Oh, look, they have three of them. I only need one. Screw it. I'll get all three. Sure. It's giving me chills right now. <laughs> it, it's endless. And some of the stuff I'll ask for, like gas caps, thinking, oh, my God, the gas caps are only 20 bucks. I need five of them. and But they'll send me the brand new, you know, engraved steel knobbed edge mm-hmm. gas cap. I'm like, that's not the one. Mm-hmm. So I have all these modern gas caps. Or ask for the script and it's the modern script, which is bigger. It's like, no. So there's a give and take as well. Sure. sure. Toolkits. Oh, yeah. I paid $280 for a factory tool roll filled with tools. That's insane. From Ferrari. That's. With the tag, the old tag still on it. These are 1400 bucks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they're missing or they're beat up or they're torn.
0: Yeah. So, like, like, so I come from like a, like a Porsche background and mm-hmm. like, if you want a 356 toolkit, like a reproduction, like a nice one, hmm. 2300 bucks. The reproductions. Yeah. Yeah. It's a nice reproduction, but it's not original. It's mm-hmm. not from Porsche. It's, it's, you know, it's crazy. Yeah. No, I've that's really amazing. lucked
2: out. So it's the thing of parts. Well, that's a
0: pretty sweet retirement that you're building for
2: yourself. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's my stock. Yeah. Cause I'm a fiend. You know, I can't like, okay, I'll put the ones on top where no one can see. No, everything apps, all the nuts. All the washers, they absolutely have to be, now that I'm super spoiled, mm-hmm. out of a Ferrari bag, a mm-hmm. sealed Ferrari bag from the factory that I purchased. All the nuts, although they're six cents a piece, they are from Ferrari with that part number for that application. Sure. Which, in my line of work, this isn't so much work for me, like a job or a business. This is this is a passion yeah. that is so insane that I used to hand with a with a wire brush hand clean my nuts and bolts Mm -hmm. and put them back just right (laughs) it's it's an insanity but now i'm in heaven yeah so when i put these things back it is absolutely to the t perfect the way it should be
0: right
2: and and that's my thing and um to kind of segue back into uh working at that machine shop I I searched LA because I know what I'm talking about as far as machine work. Mm-hmm. Hi, you know what do you I'm, I have a pair of Ferrari heads. Oh sure we can do that. Okay, do me a favor. What do you what exactly are you going to do? How are you going to approach this head? They're not exactly warped. What would, what are you going to do? Well first we're going to go ahead and take two thousand off the face and it's like ah oh, my skin is crawling. <laughs> no 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 no. Then what are you going to do? Well we're going to go ahead and take a stone and and cut the faces of the valve seats and it's like no so in searching throughout the machine shops because i'm super super weird crazy aggro about this i find a machine shop that actually kind of knows what they're doing mm-hmm. they're down in culver city and i would show up with my work and say when are you gonna do oh, we will get around it, to it it's like is it the one on washington yep
0: yeah i know the one
2: yeah those guys are
0: great i think they did my i think they did my mercedes head
2: yeah, they do everybody. They're really the the guys. So now I show up and I speak, you know, I speak machine shop. Mm-hmm. So they're like, okay, cool. Come on in. And I'll sit down with them. We'll chat, bench race, et cetera. Okay, what are we going to do here? And they'll tell me and, and it's like, do you mind? You know, I'm going to do my thing now. I'm going to chase my threads. I'm going to do whatever. If you got one of these, let me do this or whatever. And I'll be there while they block out the heads by hand and... I'm like, well, you know, are you going to do this, this, and this? Yeah, sure, we're going to charge you. Do you mind if I do it? No, go ahead. Now I do all my own machine work Mm -hmm. at that machine shop. That's nice. And, you know, I give them some money. So here, you know, I'm taking up your machine and your time. I'm happy to pay you because I'm getting paid for the work anyways. But I have complete control of everything. Sure. Crank, the balancing. I sit there with them and build my engines, you know, because I use their tools and Mm -hmm. everything. And you know, an extra pair of machine hands. Yeah, it's good me. to
1: have a workshop that you can go to and do uh-huh. that.
2: And one of the other things is when I was in Hawaii. Um, another weird thing. This is all, this is all very strange. Now that I'm talking about this, how this has all congealed my life in Ferraris. I'm living on the beach with my dad in uh, in Kualoa on the south side of the island. And he buys some old fishing boat from some old Hawaiian man that's up some valley, Mm -hmm. you know, that's full of overgrown and horses wandering around wild and pigs wandering through the living room type of situation. Real Donovan's Reef type of setup. And as a kid, I used to get dropped off and everything. And this guy is an aluminum man. He eventually becomes my Uncle Arnie. He, uh, and I get dropped off there being babysat on the weekends when I'm like 10, 11 years old. There's a Vignali Maserati Spider, <laughs> there's a 260 Cobra, there's um, a bunch of dead Ferrari engines, a bunch of E-types, a bunch of bathtub Porsches, Speedsters, what have you, which have been dropped off for him to paint and do bodywork and what have you, and they get pushed aside. Um, Hissos, Suiza's. Mm-hmm um leah francis's all this weird stuff so i'm starting to grow up playing in these cars and eventually i you know go back to the beginning of my story i start to get into this and it's like i'm living in hawaii like well i'm gonna go move in with my uncle and learn how to hand form aluminum bodies because that's what he did sure there's a few testaroses out there with his body work on it some tdf's Mm -hmm. real stuff by real people and they'd get wrecked at racetracks and he'd end up at his shop when he was in San Jose and he'd hand form these cars. So I spent 10 years living with him managing that Ferrari collection that I told you about earlier, Mm -hmm. learning how to hand form aluminum bodies. We made aircraft from scratch, we do body work, I learned how to paint. So that's the other aspect of this disease of mine. (laughs) I know how to paint a car. I know how to hand form aluminum bodies, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I ended up with an ask. Somebody literally had a dead Aston Martin DB6 in their driveway in, Hawaii, in Kailua, in Hawaii, and I was asked to take it out of their yard. Yeah, you know they gave and I got them to give me a hundred bucks. <laughs> give me a hundred bucks, so I can pay to get this thing out of here for you. It's like, oh my god, they actually gave me the money. I still feel bad to this day for that. <laughs> they probably thanked you too. No, they were happy to get rid of this Hulk. Oh, Hawaii's got endless car stories, mm-hmm. endless crazy stories. But so I start doing the aluminum body work on this DB6. And I bring it back to life. Um, that was my driver for a while. And so now fast forward to present, same thing. I'm doing another DB4 or DB4 this time, alloy bodied car. I start asking the so-called oh call this guy he does aluminum work yeah hi you know i've got this car it's a client's car what are you gonna do well first we're gonna grind off the paint it's like wait a minute what well what are you gonna do about the dings and stuff this car is pretty dinged up well you know we're not really gonna hammer much we're gonna go ahead and just you know fill it and shape (laughs) it it's like no this is aluminum (laughs) i finally find a guy on the oregon california oregon border I bring him this Aston Martin and he hand-plenishes slap hammers the way you're supposed to do it. This car was beat up. He makes it like a brand new part from Aston Martin. The mm-hmm. thing is gorgeous. And um you know, this is this is that steeping, that learning that allows me to be able to do things right today sure so that's why i use like tony castellano because i can sit there i'm not too far from him my ranch isn't too far from him where i can go there and i can say okay now i need this edge to be consistent throughout it can't be sharp it can't be flat it has to have a certain curve to it where you feel mm-hmm. it with your thumb and he's like yeah, yeah yeah i know and all of these vendors i use it, it comes up in conversations like you're the biggest pain in the ass we have ever dealt with <laughs> I'm like, "Well, is that a bad thing?" It's like, "No, the problem is is you know what you're talking about." I'm like, "Cool." <laughs> great, that's actually cool. But so we tolerate you and we we tolerate each other because now I know they know what I want and it gets done beautifully. Sure. Cuz you got to know what you're doing. You have to have painted a car or you've had to have had, you know, hammered out aluminum bodies in order to know what needs to be done because any hack can get a hold of this stuff and just tell you sell you a bill of goods. Yeah. Mm-hmm and there's nobody really out there they're very rare yeah real panel a, beaters it's like i know
0: approximately one yeah <laughs> and and he's great but he's real busy and he, he never sleeps yeah
2: sure so you know, shout out I'm,
0: to rod emory
1: lovely guy yeah that no guy is, i know rod that guy's a champion yeah and he just pat what energy bars and no sleep is how he goes that's right
2: oh he's constantly busy yeah um I mean, it just goes on and on, but that's, you put this combo of this passion together where I've gone to the machine shops and I've done my time. I've worked at Ferrari and Jaguar. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I maintain a bunch of weird cars. I'm deeply steeped in alpha and then the paint and body aspect of it. And I drew the line at leather. I'm like, I'm not doing, I've gone too far. I can't go all the way. I won't yeah. live long enough. Right. So I've, I have a really good interior guy who does the stitching correctly. Yeah. Because, again, I've, I've lost money with people. You know, what do you want here? And the stitches are wrong. I was like, no, i got to do this over again. We just lost mm-hmm. a hide. So I have a guy I've known forever here in Hollywood. Um, and it just comes out to being really beautiful work. It's super anal. It's super high intensity. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes I get really angry because it's got to be done the way I need it to be done. Well, sure. But when it hits that lawn, it pays off. Yeah. Because when you open that hood and you see as deep as your eyes can go, if you take the moment and you allow your eyes to wander and look, you start to see way in the deepest, recesses, darkest corners of an engine bay – there it is, brand new, fresh, mm-hmm. as if it came from the factory. And so I'm doing a Daytona. I'm doing the two boxers. I'm doing a 365 2 plus two.
0: Oh, I like those. I like those a
2: lot. Um, never some, see them. No. They're, and this one's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. We did a really nice job. Um, it just goes on and on. Glass. I can get all the glass for these cars now. It's like, you'll never get glass. I'm actually... I just got a pair of door windows from Ferrari, new old stock. Nice. The real thing at like 300 bucks a piece. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> then they will <all> know. <laughs> <laughs> they know what I'm getting this stuff for.
0: Yeah, for like redacted. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> that.
1: But yeah. then not only that, Donnie, what are the cars that you've got in you, that you drive? Because you also have your own that you own yeah. and operate a, a fairly eclectic collection, one might say, of your own cars.
2: Let's see. So like the
1: one you pulled up in today, which I think is a prime example.
2: Oh my my gangster my gangster Jaguar! Yes, his
1: wheels are very chrome.
2: You saw that, yeah? <laughs> I did. I parked across That's the street. Very from funny, it.
1: he was blinded by them. Actually, I think it was the sun shining down. It was setting. He was blinded, and he almost crashed. Didn't you, Carl? Almost.
2: So I have a thing for jaguars. Sure. Um, I'm madly in love with the Series 3 XJ6 because I'm schooled in that car, mm-hmm. and I drove those all day well, as well, 308s and Jags from 1984. That was my time at the at the dealership. So I have a thing for them. So I have a 1984 Ferrari, mm-hmm. which there's a story to that as, as well from Hollywood sports cars, and I've had five Series 3 XJ6s. And I love them. The current one I have now is black with tan interior. I found that in Malibu. And so they're great cars, but now they're quite a period piece. Yeah, They use that old stuff. It's a pain in the ass to maintain. And the generation after that, 90s and then 2000, mm-hmm. cars are so much better. The AC <laughs> is colder. And they're
0: so cheap. They're they, so, they, so, they, so cheap. Well, I didn't
2: realize this. So... You have a car that is easy to drive. Everything works. Yep. AC works. Radio works. They have Alpine stereos. This is all factory stuff when back then Mm -hmm. it was kind of a thing. So there was this this evolution that happened, as we know. So I'm looking for old Jag parts at this Jag um, junkyard out in Simi Valley. Not Simi Valley. I'm sorry. Sun Valley. And there's this car, this dirty, filthy blacked out windows and it's like this is this is a drug dealer's car what's up with this thing this is spooky mm-hmm. like, hey what's up with this car is there anything wrong with this like no how much do you want for it two thousand bucks can i drive it sure i drive it i'm like oh my god i'll take it and that's that car <laughs> i now have five of those things <laughs> I well have it's a-
0: nice because they are <laughs> disposable basically yeah.
2: Are they? <laughs> well, I mean most people
0: could could reasonably look at a, a mid nineties to early two thousands jag, you know, pay three or four grand for it and then when it breaks eh. and get another one. But the they parts- don't necessarily have the you know the, the know skill the to fix it.
2: Yeah. Well, sure. So I don't touch any of my Jags. That's sure. just a little too much of a pain in the ass. <laughs> sure. For as we all <laughs> Ferrari's know, Ferraris totally fine. I can have oh, no Ferraris are easy. But Jags, no. A let's take walk. a step. Back 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 Jags. Jags yeah, fix yeah, them no, no, with no, a no. hammer. Yeah. Come on, how yeah. hard yeah. can it be? <laughs> a flashlight and a hammer. <laughs> so, um, okay. So I have this car across the street, the XJ8. Then somebody turns me onto a supercharged car. Oh, I'm in love.
0: Oh, I was looking at the was it was at the the R the XJR. Mm-hmm. I was looking at those and I saw one for like six grand and I was like, I, I don't need any more pain and
2: frustration in my life. I paid somebody turn me on to one. It's like three thousand. I'm like, I'll take. And the guy just put a thousand dollars worth of these crazy tires on it. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, of course, it is my favorite, most fastest car I own. I mean, I will take most Ferraris off the line mm-hmm. and they can't catch me in this supercharged Jag. Then somebody says, "Hey, you like Jags, right?" I'm like, "Yeah, I got a V12, XJ12." I'm like, "How much? Four thousand bucks. I'll take it." (laughs) (laughs) Then there's a modern one that I drove. I'm like, "This thing is too modern. It's the current of the aluminum-bodied one." Yeah, and it's like, "But my mom might want this." So now my mom has one. (laughs) So I've got all these Jags, and it's like. It just it happened. Sure, one grew into another because they're so inexpensive mm-hmm. and they're so nice. <laughs>
0: yeah, I never really fit in. Sort of, I had a friend in high school that had that sort of the nineteen eighties um XJ six kind of model, and I never really fit that well in it. And I, I which sucked because I was disappointed. I really like those cars; they're pretty. Uh-huh. Yeah, but it's probably for the best. I had a lot of really really unreliable cars throughout the years. I feel like I probably would have, you know, it might be a very different story today And I owned a Jag to be homeless or
1: something. But not only the Jags, you've got other things as well.
2: I've got a 1972, well, it's my second one. Um, when I was 18, my mom bought a 73 Jeep Commando, mm-hmm. which has a 302 V8 with a 400 GM transmission in it, mm-hmm. four-wheel drive. It's kind of like the muscle cars of Jeeps because early 70s. Sure, sure. I grew up with that car. I was my daily, it was my first, like my second car. Love this car. So that car I drove through Death Valley until the body broke off of the frame. I four-wheel-drived every road you can possibly drive in Death Valley Mm -hmm. through my teenage years and forward. Now I have a replacement. Again, 304, no, yeah, 302. Either one, I always get confused. Um, and I love that Jeep. It will go anywhere. I, it's amazing. Then I have um, Buzz Aldrin's Duetto. Okay. 1967, Cape Canaveral. Got the paperwork. He bought it for his son in 1967. Buzz Aldrin, Cape Canaveral. So you mm-hmm. know what he was doing. Oh, yeah. He buys it for his son for his graduation present right about the time the movie The Graduate comes out. Awesome. I've got that car. That's a special car. Um, One of my clients literally just dumped on me because he wanted to back out of the restoration. He's like, you know what? I don't want this car. It's yours. Just we're good. I'm like, okay, cool. I don't know the year. Forgive me. I'm not really good with years on cars. Um, 2000 Dino, Fiat Dino Coupe. All right. All aluminum. And I just did a Spider. That's that engine is old Ferrari. Yeah. That is the all aluminum V six Dino. That's like Formula One stuff. That's old Ferrari. Yeah. That's neat to play with. Yeah, yeah. And those are um, such such pretty cars. Really the pretty coupes cars. especially. Cars. Yeah. yeah. So I built one of those and then I ended up with the scoops. I'm excited about that. Um I've got my 308, mm-hmm. my QV, which I love, Obello. Oh, so <laughs> I recently just purchased a 348 spider convertible Ferrari, the dog, which is mm-hmm. now the dog. But I started doing some research. I looked at it. I'm like, i got to have this car. Um, you cannot walk away from the price. And I went to tri- – there's some paperwork issues, but I'm I'm ironing it out. But while I was at uh, AAA at the DMV service, I said, run a plate for me. Mm-hmm. See if it's available. And so I have Obello, which is my 308. Mm-hmm. And I said, do you have a O space Bella, B-E-L-A? It's like, yes, it's available.
1: <laughs> Thank you. I'll take it.
2: <laughs> yes, please. So now I am going to have a white Ferrari Obello and a red Ferrari Bella. I love yeah, it. Yeah, I'm kooky that way.
0: <laughs> I like it. Very nice. I
2: can't help it. Hey. What else are you going to do? <laughs>
0: right. Yeah. That's pretty amazing.
2: Oh, I've got a 57 Chevy truck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Original owner. He got too old to drive it. This thing is beat up and rusty. Perfect. And it's just the
1: way everyone likes it.
2: David Gooding saw it, and he looked at me and says, you're not going to restore this, are you? I'm like, never going to happen. He's like, exactly. You mm-hmm. must keep it like this forever. I'm like, yes, David, it will be this way forever.
0: <laughs> that's, that's pretty amazing. See, obviously, you've got plenty of space to store cars. That's the, that's the problem yeah. in Southern California is unless you own a warehouse, keeping sure. cars can be a problem.
1: Yeah. And yeah. this is where we can ask Donny now for us to get the invitation there for them to drive said cars. And he can't say no. That's exactly right. That's what I was leading into.
2: Well, when you guys come out, I have some of the most amazing roads you can imagine. There we go. Minutes away from me. Mm-hmm. And these are gorgeous desert roads. That we can just stick to the speed limit roads. the whole way.
0: That's exactly There's, right.
2: The road is ours. We can do whatever we want. Mm-hmm. And you can see down the road until Vanishing Point... Um, and I usually have a few Ferraris laying around. Perfect. So that's...
1: It's a hard, t- it's a hard thing to ask. <laughs> I mean, that's like... We, we'd probably have to ask for $100, Donnie, for that to be able to come there. Just I think to, I to might pull... be able
2: to sway you. All right. $100. All
1: right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> awesome.
0: Um, but yeah. So well, what is, if, if somebody is interested in, in reaching out to you, uh, maybe to restore their uh, car that's in need of love, mm. their, their Ferrari, their Jaguar, whatever, where, where would they go to, uh, to get a hold of you?
2: the uh my instagram which strangely enough is a story unto itself but the instagram is ferrari lower dash 1966 okay it's also my name donnie calloway facebook you know you write reach it's private but if you reach out with a friendship or a message yeah and
1: also look for the chihuahua as well yeah the chihuahua and a toupee that's my
2: that's my picture so
1: donnie calloway chihuahua and a toupee that's That's, you've got the man right there. Excellent. Awesome. And also, let's be known, Donnie is a very prolific poster on Instagram. Yeah, So you will see a lot of Ferrari images and some other sports cars as well on there. Well, that's the point of Instagram.
0: Yeah. That's the whole point, is to put Ferrari images on it.
1: It is very good. I would do that,
0: but I'm not around that many Ferraris, so you know all i got is my busted hassle mercedes and, and cats and cats uh, and which so, is pretty good You yeah, know. i but, mean
1: there's especially shout out to radar mac dave he on. loves those cats he sure does uh. as he should yeah yeah awesome well speaking of instagram james where can people find you and all your fine work or well, they can find me at NoBreaking on Instagram, which is N-O-B-R-A-K-I-N-G, same at Facebook, and also NoBreaking.com. And speaking of... The
0: synergy is just beautiful. Every time brings brings it brings a out. tear to
1: my eye. I'm getting misty-eyed <laughs> thinking about just how well you plan that. Also, a shout-out, as always, to Kaiju Kiwi, who's on my lap, and you can find her at Kaiju Kiwi, K-A-I-J-U-K-I-W-I, the quietest... And, and by the way, that, that is
0: a dog... Not
1: a Canadian lady of the evening. No. <laughs> to Carl, we didn't even get to touch on that, Carl, about your Canadian ladies of the evening for your trip to Montreal. I did go to Montreal in Quebec when you had to <laughs> slum it at the Formula One Grand Prix. Isn't that right? Yeah, that's true. I did. I got to go. Uh,
0: uh, I got to go to the yeah the, the Formula One race in Montreal. I got to visit the Paddock Club. I got a a race uh, a ride uh, a ride at speed. Around Circuit Gilles Villeneuve with Martin
1: Brundle in an Aston Martin uh, Vantage, the new one. Shout out to Martin Brundle, who we should expect to now have him on the. Uh, did you hit him up to come on the podcast? Comp? Uh, he's Obviously. coming after me. Yeah, uh, he's, 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 just, he's just
2: lining um, him up
0: outside. And I also got a tour of the Martini Williams garage. Wow! So I got to see all the secret gubbins. Really? Mm-hmm. You just can't talk about it now. Well, oh, I can talk about it. I just couldn't take any pictures. Yeah. Uh, but spoiler alert: at the back of the garage is filled with Formula One car parts. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So it's pretty good. <laughs> Yeah. I thought the axles would be bigger, frankly. That was the most shocking thing for me. They're only, they're maybe like an inch, inch and a quarter around, but I thought they'd be bigger because all the, you know, that's, all the that stress and stuff.
1: But yeah. Nope. And then since this was your first Grand Prix, Kyle, that you've been to, what was it about the, I mean, obviously you were not particularly enthused or excited about the race because it wasn't one of the more exciting ones this past a, weekend. Circuit Gilles Villeneuve is a great
0: track. And I think I, 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 it was a good track to go to in hopes of seeing an actual race. But yeah, it it is just yeah. It the nice. race wasn't
1: there. But what was the science like behind the cars? Because obviously, I've experienced Formula One before, so I wanted. And there's a, one particular listener, a young man, Nigel McKeon, wanted to know exactly what your thoughts were on the science behind it. Oh, Nigel.
0: Well, it, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's interesting. Uh, from from a technical standpoint, it's all you know very fascinating. It it's not really that relatable. I, I'm I grew up watching sports cars. And being involved with that vintage racing and that kind of stuff, so that's kind of what gets me hot under the collar. Oh yeah, uh, but uh, like vintage Formula One, sure. But the, the new cars, it's just it's uh, the things they're capable of. They're they're so big, you you don't really get an impression for how goddamn all big wing, those cars are. They're all Air in, management, all ninety five different like levels of spoiler on the, on the mm-hmm. nose cone and <laughs> and every it's it's just crazy. Um, it's absolutely just fascinating. But yeah, again, I, I think. I think the sport would benefit if they got rid of some of the arrow.
1: I think that young men, that Nigel McKeon, might agree with you that if they take the wings off the cars, off the back wing off, that'd be a whole lot better.
0: Guys, let's just go back to 1994 Arrow. When when was
2: Formula One better? Oh, straight, just straight, two wings. Yeah. That's it. Um,
1: I just say all they need Speed. to do is just no mechanics. That'd be the best thing for me. No <laughs> mechanic driver has to go and change his own wheels. Well, as it turns
0: out, I, th- I think <laughs> Rajan had, had experienced a little bit of that when he tried to go out for his qualifier lap and immediately just started puking co- uh, coolant and, and fumes and stuff all over the track. It was a huge cloud, just smoked out the entire paddock club with uh, white white smoke. and Incredible. You watched all this? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, I had four mimosas. <laughs>
1: that was before 9 wasn't it Kyle? Well, in my hands at nine that time, time for, right. 9 a.m. <laughs> one after
2: the other it's and a it fountain it was, yeah. Yeah, it was like a, yeah perfect no.
0: anyway so yeah Formula 1 Montreal really fantastic thank you Pirelli uh, for that experience also thank you Kyle for the Pirelli
1: swag that you bought back for yeah, myself yeah the hat says first on it because you're my first favorite podcast host oh that's very kind of you Kyle and then, mm-hmm. now if anyone might want to check out your review maybe or anything you learned or took or wrote from that where would they have to go to find that out?
0: um you could go to where i do my paid work yes the roadshow.com um and you know as i say every week we are a transportation blog with a technology focus we we cover all kinds of stuff we're doing a little bit more motorsports now obviously uh and we're we're
1: pretty good and more importantly though where if anyone wanted to see you online sitting next to martin brundle going around the racetrack where would they find that um, well, that's that video is on YouTube, and what what is the Ro- Roadshow Autos, and then
0: uh, yeah, you can find my unpaid stuff uh, here, obviously, or uh, on Twitter and Instagram, which is Kyle J Hyatt, Hyatt I like the hotel unfortunately not related please send money yeah exactly so we can get
1: Donnie to restore one of the Ferraris that we have not yet got <laughs> just, get Donnie, right. just get Donnie to restore my Mercedes somebody's got to do it I'll come somebody eventually <laughs> as soon as you show up with a bag with those crates of money that you need that's right yes. <laughs> yeah anyway
0: well thank you Donnie for taking some time out of your week to, to come and
1: talk to us we appreciate the hell out of it and we're thank looking you. forward to going to his ranch and exploring those roads out there at very much particular the speed limit that's oh, exactly right love it it'll you be fantastic
0: And uh, thank you guys for coming back and checking us out every week. We we appreciate that
1: a whole bunch. Yeah, we also appreciate you giving us five-star reviews, nothing less. We always would like to get at least seven or eight stars, but... Strangely, James, your
0: pleas for five-star reviews have been working. We've received
1: nothing else. Exactly. And that's, well, as we'd expect, because we are five stars. I mean, we go without sure. that saying, that's what it says on your business card behind Raconteur and Bon Vivant, right, Carl? <laughs> that, that's right, and bon Futurist. Bon. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Good and time Charlie is going on there next. <laughs> it, it is, and those business cards are getting incredibly big. It's like an envelope now, I think, is going right. to be. Uh-huh. And then also, if you've got any questions, feel free to hit us up on the old Instagrams. We try and make that, and if you've got suggestions for future guests, let us know. Yeah, and we will attempt to accommodate them. We try as best we can. Cool. But as always, thank you so much for listening, guys. Really appreciate it, and we'll see you next time. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye we we'll